<laughs> Hi guys, welcome back to Grim Sessions. It's Lainey. And it's Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to do there. Um, after many, many years, we have decided to record another episode. Finally. But anyway. Um, so. <laughs> you can see where we went to like a whisper talking about our money. <laughs> <clears throat> so Olivia is going to tell her story really quick. Oh, really quick, yeah. My story's short. That's what she's saying. And we're trying to come okay. up with something um, for many episodes, but we just don't know... A name for it, yeah. And we don't know how consistent we'll be with it as well, so we don't know if we want to make it a thing necessarily. Yeah. Um, but, all right. Stay tuned. I'm excited to hear this. Really? I haven't heard the story yet. Really? Mm-mm. I still uh, have to watch it, but I did it. Thanks. It was before, like, after, or it was before you told me that's what you were doing. Anyway. Okay. Today, we will be discussing the Long Island Lolita. Mm. Lolita. <laughs> Lolita. <laughs> All right. Cut. I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. Um, her name wasn't actually Lolita. It was Amy Elizabeth Fisher, and she was born on August 21st of 1974 in Merrick, New York. Merrick? Um, I couldn't really find out too much about her childhood, but then again, also, like, this was her childhood. (laughs) This happened when she was a child. (laughs) Um... But, yeah, not much, no, like, was known about her childhood, except that her parents were, like, Italian-American and Jewish-American. Mm-hmm. That's all. But, um, she also attended John F. Kennedy High School. Um, sub- I can't say this. I don't know how to say it. Suburban Massapequa, Long Island. <laughs> Jesus. Suburban Massapequa. Pequa. Pequa. Massapequa. Massapequa. I don't know. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry in advance. <laughs> sorry. Um... Long Island uh, was known to be, like, a populated fun place for, like, families and, you know, somewhere nice you can go, like Six Flags. That's cool. Until the Six Flags, I mean, not until the Six Flags happened. (laughs) (laughs) Until this case happened. Oh. Yeah. So, it all, like, started when the father had originally brought the family Cadillac into an auto body repair shop. Here, 16-year-old Amy was introduced to 38-year-old Joey Buttafuoco. 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 <laughs> That's a pretty cool-ass <laughs> name. <laughs> um, <coughs> after this, Amy began bringing her Dodge Daytona to the shop for simple cosmetic repairs. You know, mm-hmm. obviously we know why. Um, she wanted to see Buttafuoco again, right? Buttafuoco? It was like 10 seconds ago when I said his name. It was Butterfuco. Butterfuco. <laughs> you said Butterfuco. Butterfuco. Butter. 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 Butterfuco. What? That's what I said. Anyway. Um, this is when their 18th month affair began. Mm. 18 months. How? Wait, so how old is she? Like 16? Um, She was 16 when they met. Mm. Okay. She was 17 when they, they their affair ended. Hmm. It's said that they had relations everywhere. Like, they did it everywhere, publicly. Like, they would find public places and they would just, they would just get jiggy everywhere. Well, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> they went to his house, her house, his boat, like, anywhere they could get it on. Jesus. Yeah. 
And then one story says she asked him for money, so he suggested that she became an escort. And um, she then suggested that he leaves his wife for her, you know? I feel like that's fair. Yeah, I'll I'll be a prostitute if you leave your wife. There isn't there isn't a lot of backstory. It's kind of lame, but Mm. on May nineteenth, nineteen ninety two, Amy knocks on the door of Mary Jo Butafuco's home. One account says she made up an elaborate story about Joey sleeping with her younger sister rather than her. Mm -hmm. So she was acting like like she was like, "Hey, can I talk to you?" like, uh, I'm pretty sure your husband's having an affair with my little sister. Um, I can't remember. I didn't write this part down because I actually saw this part on, like, Snapchat story. You know how they had the discoveries? Yeah. I actually saw this part there and it was like, oh yeah, she was like 14. I don't remember if she said her little sister was 16 or 14. Ooh. But I don't know. But this was how she, like, was trying to get into Mary's home. And, of course, like, she just closed the door on her and was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, as any wife would do. That's weird that she, I mean, that she would make up, like, that she, it was, like, I mean, she's already at her door. Did she really think that people wouldn't realize that it's her? Yeah. But, yeah. I don't even know what I would do in that case if. A teenager were to... Well, I'm a teenager, but I'm saying whenever I'm older, did you cut bangs? Yeah. <laughs> there's more in there. <laughs> I promise there's more. <laughs> My hair hasn't been washed in like a week and a half, so... <laughs> I just pull, I pull, I pull out. Did you cut bangs? <laughs> I'm dead. That's so funny. Um, but yeah, I don't even know, like, if I would let the girl in or if I'd, like, be like, bye. I don't think I would let somebody in the (laughs) home if they came to me. Well, I mean, she was obviously right not to. Of course, I didn't stop anything from happening. But, you know, she, like, didn't let her in and wasn't buying into the story. And Amy was very upset with it. So that's when she just pulled up the Glock and bop. <laughs> she she <laughs> shot her. Yes, she she just she shot her in the head. Oh, okay. Well, that makes kind of more sense. She was basically trying to trick Amy into thinking that her younger sister was the one who. No, was she was trying to trick Mary. Amy was tricking. Oh Mary. yeah yeah yeah. Amy yes. was trying to trick Mary into thinking that Amy had a little sister, when in reality it was her, just so that she could get into her home to shoot her. Or... I mean, I guess that's what you do whenever you come to someone's house with a gun. Yeah, because you normally... I feel like you... I feel she like... probably had a plan to be in the house when she did it, not yeah. on the front porch steps. But because she shut her down, she was like, well, I mean, I gotta, I gotta do it. I gotta Glock. I gotta yeah. Glock. I gotta... I already admitted it practically, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So, um, Mary Jo was in intensive care for a while until she woke up and was able to identify Amy as your killer. The story instantly blew up and Amy spoke her truth. Joey continuously denied all of the allegations against him and Mary Jo stood by him throughout all the charges that were constantly being pressed and dropped. Mm. Tell me that's not awful. That's awful. Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> I mean, I kind of understand, though, because Mary probably... I mean... 
Is his name David? I keep like his name's Joey. What's okay, wrong with Joey. you? Joey. Are you brain dead? Joey. <laughs> like Joey is probably telling her like, ah, oh, this girl like she's just obsessed with me. David she came into the shop a few times. David Budafuku. <laughs> like she's just coming up with all this just to mess with us. All this she's obsessed with me. So I get it, kind of. Oh yeah. But at the same time, that's true. Like, like if she shows up to your house and shoots you in the face, um. I feel like there has to be some sort of more intimate level between her and your husband for her to feel so passionate as to literally attempt to murder you. Like, I just, I feel like if she was just a bit obsessed, she wouldn't have done that, so. Yeah. Um, I forgot to mention that when Joey had suggested her becoming an escort, she did. Mm -hmm. So, she wasn't, like, innocent and she didn't try to paint herself that way either mm-hmm. because she knew and everyone else knew like that she wasn't <laughs> she wasn't the most pristine and pure woman mm. she was not no well. no <laughs> <laughs> amy pleaded guilty to the reckless assault and was sentenced to 15 years in prison mm. after months of denying joey admitted that he had sexual relations with relations with amy and was sentenced to six months for statutory rape amy filed 22 lawsuits against prison guards for sexual assault and rape she even requested being moved to another facility can we talk about that (laughs) Um... do you like do you think i think because she asked i don't know because i feel like okay some people really want to get moved to different facilities for for numerous reasons yeah so to what extent would she move what like what she would go to move to a new facility or did she request that actually because you know i don't know honestly that is a lot of claims to (laughs) i mean well not i'm not saying that she's like not telling the truth but like uh, 22 lawsuits. You literally do 22 lawsuits against numerous different guards and authority figures. Um, why are you, like, why are you still there? Like, why is this stuff continuing <laughs> that's why to she happen? Re- that's why she requested being moved to another facility, apparently. But because of her past, nothing was done. Mm. And they essentially said that she lied. Yeah. Mm. They just straight up pushed it aside. I don't know about that. Was there yeah. no, like, further investigation? I, I guess not. Um. But, um, Amy tried hard to stay out of the public eye and has even gained the forgiveness of Mary Jo. Yeah. She even, she even wrote a letter asking that Amy be released from prison early. In part, it reads, I've come to the conclusion that Amy Fisher has spent enough time in jail as punishment for her crime. It is right and good that I can now say that I forgive Amy Fisher. It is a place I have only been able to reach through grace. Without this letter, Amy would have been in prison for 15 to 10 or 10 to 15 years instead of seven. After prison, she married an ex NYPD cop, Lo Bellarella, Lo Bellura, Lo Bellura, Lou Bellura, Lou Bellura, Lou Bellura, and became a porn star. Oh. She had three kids with him, divorced, and now she lives in Long Island with a new name. That's um, the story of Amy Fisher. You know, for some reason, she kind of reminds me 
Um, I can't remember her name, but I had no idea about this. I was kind of confused about how come everybody hated, um, what's her name? That model where it's like, the way you, no, that's Bruno Mars. The Bruno Mars. The, it's the, the one who wrote that song that's like, that's talking about how his wife's perfect. Uh, Chrissy Teigen. Yes, Chrissy Teigen. And so I searched it up, and apparently it's because, or partly because, uh, this girl, like, Courtney Strauden, I think is her name, and, um, for some reason, Amy Fisher kind of reminds me of her. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, I, I feel like we can put that connection together. I don't know any drama, so. I was, I was in the dark, so I looked it up. I'm always in the dark, and I remain in the dark, because I don't. No, to care. I don't know if I want to care. I don't. Dark, 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 dark. Um, dark. Like anytime I see James Charles crying on like Pink News or anything, I'm just like, do I want to look at that? <laughs> or like Jeffrey Star crying. I'm like, do I want to look at that? Literally. No, I don't care. When I saw Pink <laughs> News, I saw in Pink News that Jeffrey, or not Jeffrey, but James Charles was coming back from his internet break. I was like. What? He took an internet break. <laughs> <laughs> no, like anytime I see that, I'm just like, do I care? No. I mean, he's he gets accused of like freaking being a pedophile like once a year. So I mean, at this point, it's like I don't even know. Just because he's famous what's and gay, going probably. On. Literally, because he's famous I'm, and gay. I think this 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 happens to people. I had no idea, but I I actually like that case. It was interesting. Um. I'm surprised. Minutes. You know what I don't understand, which I've really been looking into a lot recently, or just, I guess, noticing, is how variant it is when it comes to sentencing people. Like, like some people barely. I cannot Like, you can freaking believe. murder somebody and get eight years in jail, and then if you run over somebody with a car and they live, you get, like, freaking 28. I can't believe. How many years? Did it say years or months? Let me look at it real quick again. Give me one second. <laughs> um, okay. He was only sentenced to six months after deny, deny, deny. He only got sentenced to six months for literally having sexual relations with a 16-year-old. We have to remember, she did just pop her. Yeah, but like, I mean, he could have at least gotten like a, a year. year. <laughs> like, Jesus. It's a bare minimum for him. That's pedophilia. It's a disease. And he knew exactly what he was doing, and he didn't care. He needs to be in a psychiatric ward, like, like an asylum. He needs to repent. He needs holy water. (laughs) He needs to be baptized. The word repent, like, all I can think of is like the Conjuring and like creepy movies like that. Needs to be exercised. Repent your sins. All right. Are you ready? I think I am. All right, so today I'm going to be talking about Rebecca Zahau, which I believe that's how you say her last name, Zahau. But anyway, so she was born on March 15th, 1979 in Burma. Um, Burma is an area directly above Thailand, or Thailand. When Rebecca was a little girl, her father worked as a freedom fighter because there was a lot of turmoil occurring in Burma at the time. Her father quickly packed up the family and they fled the country shortly after arriving in Germany where her father was granted political asylum. While attending a Christian college in Germany, she met a man from the United States. Now, Rebecca was tremendously smart. She even mastered six different languages. Oh my god, what were they? Uh, I don't know. 
Honestly. <laughs> I'm assuming, like, I'm not even going to try and assume what country's languages are. Taiwanese? Um, what? Oh. Okay. Right. I'm sure <clears throat> she learned English. German. Taiwanese. Taiwan. Is that how you, I don't is that know. It's, is I that, don't was know. That, was that real? I think mine, I just made it up, but it's probably something. I feel something. like that, Taiwanese. I, I, I've heard that. I've heard that. <laughs> it must be real. <laughs> After college, she moved to Arizona with this man, and they got married. Um, Despite being married from 2002 all the way to 2011, they never had any children of their own. Hmm. And in 2009, she was um, caught shoplifting over $1,000 worth of jewelry from Macy's. Yeah. I get it from Claire's, but Macy's... I'm kidding. (laughs) And then when she was asked about it, she just said that it was because she was on a stressful phone call, and she didn't realize that she had all of these thousand dollars worth of items on her like she was like i was just like freaking out on the phone and i walked out of the store with all these items that she didn't pay for so she did plead guilty to the misdemeanor and she only had to pay a 500 hundred dollar fine so not saying that that has anything to really do with her character to be honest she started dating a man um named jonah i think it's shacknai jonah shacknai in 2008 and if you notice what I said before, Rebecca and her husband would have still been married at the time because she was with him from 2002 to 2011 and she's with Jonah in 2008. Yeah. So, um, I'm assuming that they were separated. It could have been maybe like an open thing at first. I don't know, but she ended up dating Jonah in 2008 And Jonah was a 50-something-year-old CEO for a pharmaceutical company that makes drugs used in different types of plastic surgeries. Maybe that was the sugar daddy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Maybe that was the sugar daddy. Pretty much. And um, the types of medicine he um, made were, like, different types of Botox and filler and other things like that. And in 2010, for example, he made $6 million alone. So, he was really banking. Like, he was loaded. Definitely the sugar daddy. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Jonah, he had previously been married to two different women and collectively had three children total. So, his youngest child with divorced wife, Dina Romano, born in 2005, was named Maxfield. Like that. Like Maxfield. His name is Maxfield. But everybody just called him Max for short. Um, And then his middle name was Aaron. And, of course, he's a shack knife. So, Jonah and Dina had a very abusive marriage with domestic violence reports on both sides. <laughs> um, Gosh. <clears throat> Rebecca and Jonah had met through her work where he was a patient and she was an assistant. So, shortly after the two met, Rebecca quit her job and told her family it was because she wanted to spend more time with Jonah and his children. Rebecca's sister later went on to say that Rebecca was like Jonah's glorified maid. So... Just like a trophy wife kind of thing? Kind of. Like, basically, she would clean around the house, watch after the kids, um, have sexual relations with Jonah, do stuff like that, um, and basically kind of get benefits from it. Yeah. So, yeah, kind of. Um, his older children did not like Rebecca at all, but they were both older teenagers, so... It could you know, have been when, like when a, you see your dad get with another woman, it's yeah. probably like, oh, well, this yeah. isn't going to last, so. Um, despite that, Max and Rebecca got along really well. 
Um, Rebecca even contemplated breaking off her and Jonah's relationship to her friends on account of his older children's hatred towards her. So she was even debating whether or not she should continue her relationship with Jonah because she felt so hated and disliked by his two older children. That's awful. That's awful. Around Memorial Day in 2011, they moved from Arizona to a huge mansion in, I think it's Coronado or Coronado? 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 (laughs) Coronado. That sounds right. So they moved to this huge mansion in 2011 in Coronado, California, and it was called the Spreckles Mansion. So this was a massive mansion um, being 19,000 square feet, 27 rooms in the main house alone, um, and then it had a huge guest house in the back. So they were planning on spending their summer there away from Arizona as sort of like a refresher, just get away from all the sun, be in a different environment. Um, Dina and Jonah got along really well outside of their marriage because they attempted to keep things together because they did have this really young son together and they didn't want to, you know, hate each other and have it ruin Max's life. Yeah. So they tried to get along as best as they could. On July 11th, 2011, Rebecca was at home with Max and her 13-year-old Zena. Zena had just arrived the day before from Arizona and was planning on staying for about two weeks. She was just visiting Rebecca. Yeah. Jonah had brought his two older children to the airport to visit their mother, and then Jonah went to the gym at around 10 o'clock. At around the same time, Max was playing downstairs while Zena was upstairs blow-drying her hair and was... And Rebecca was in the downstairs bathroom. So Max is basically playing by himself alone. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Rebecca said she heard a super loud crashing noise and the dog began to bark like crazy. So she ran out of the bathroom and then she found six-year-old Max laying on the floor with a broken chandelier next to him. So Rebecca yelled for Zena and began CPR on Max. Zena called 911 immediately and... um. Rebecca called Jonah distraught and crying, asking him to come home as soon as possible. So, Jonah arrived before paramedics were even able to get him into the ambulance, and at first, paramedics could not detect a heartbeat. However, only 25 minutes later, they ended up getting a heartbeat, which was a good sign. They were like, okay, yeah, like, he's coming back. We're getting some sort of sign of life. I'm trying to figure out where this is going. (laughs) I'm trying to. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of confusing. Yeah, it's pretty crazy just wait okay keep um, going. so max was essentially he was taken to two different hospitals once he was finally settled he was put into a medical induced coma because of how severe his brain injuries were so he this crash it was hard they're assuming he fell from the top balcony all the way downstairs the chandelier was broken next to him like he smacked his head i'm for some reason assuming tile on the ground like in those fancy i'm not imagining a kid trying to jump onto a chandelier and it not going too well yeah that's what i'm imagining um very disturbing because i mm -hmm. remember thinking about that several times as a kid like imagining that like Mm -hmm. oh getting on a chandelier hanging from a chandelier haven't i Uh, yeah it's been in one movie at least everyone was super startled and they had no idea what happened or how max ended up falling off the rail of the second floor and plummeting to the main level Mm -hmm. investigators believe that he was riding his scooter on the second floor which the second floor like the balcony it's not a balcony i don't know what to call it it's like where the stairs go up and then there's like the little area with the railing the and walk stuff like that yeah like, like kind of like a hallway you know how it's like the walk and then there's the doors on the like yeah other side, like joey's house <clears throat> you remember joey's house yeah it's like that basically yeah so um 
they assumed that he was riding his bike on that area and um it had super thick carpet like it was really thick carpet so they think like it grabbed a hold of the scooter wheels yeah they think that he was pushing off with one foot and that he may have accidentally catapulted himself over the railings into the chandelier and then onto the main floor jesus so um (laughs) Like, yeah, that kind of makes sense, and really, I would have probably thought the same thing if I was an investigator on the scene, because what else could have happened? But think about it. I mean, he's six years old. He isn't that tall. He's not tall like us at all. The foyer, the foyer, the rails have to go at least up to maybe where his shoulders are. He's riding a scooter. For him to have literally, like, kicked himself over the railings, six-year-old self over the railings, and, I mean, a six-year-old's, like, three feet five inches maybe like maybe four foot like the railing is going to be almost taller than he is so how could he have pushed himself over the railing completely and into the chandelier couldn't have like that just doesn't make sense but um anyway so Zena and rebecca were left alone to clean up the broken glass at the house so Zena had cut herself on accident and Unfortunately, she did have to go to urgent care, so Rebecca did her best to pick up all the broken pieces, quite literally. She um, made sure things were handled behind the scene so that Jonah and the rest of the family wouldn't really have to worry about, you know, coming back home, seeing the the scene of where their child hurt himself. Yeah. Um, no bueno. She picked up Max's mother's twin sister, Nina. So, Dina is Max's mom, and then she has a twin sister named Nina. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But Rebecca picked up um, Nina from the airport, took her to the hospital, then brought all of Nina's belongings back to the house. Um, so, she even picked up Jonah's friend from the airport and did the exact same thing, brought him to the hospital, brought his things back to the house. But essentially, I'm kind of thinking that she might have, because everybody was kind of like, it's weird that Rebecca isn't, like, at the hospital. Like, why isn't she here all the time like everybody else? But I honestly she think She is it's, doing all that driving uh, yeah, around and I cleaning up and... Exactly. I think it's because she's, she probably felt guilty and was trying to detach herself from what just happened. She's trying to, detra- and, to probably distract herself. Yeah. And, and she was trying to... um basically give the family space because obviously she was the one who was supposed to be watching that. yeah and parents that shouldn't have happened no 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 <laughs> she was there it's her, like partly it's her fault she should have been there watching him and she was probably just trying to give them space so that they didn't freak out on her and um you know of course she was making sure everything at home was handled yeah so um she was essentially doing all the chores and stuff around the house yeah so the next day max was still in the hospital and rebecca was still keeping to all the necessities she even hired a dog sitter to take care of the family dog while everyone was at the hospital and everything else was going on and then the next day rebecca goes to pick up john's um or not john's jonah's older brother adam shacknight so adam was a tugboat captain from memphis tennessee and he decided to come be with the family to help console everyone during this time Adam was very different compared to his brother. So, for instance, he never married, um, but he did have a really, like, lifelong relationship. Yeah, Yeah. like, he was with this one girl for, like, basically his whole life, but they never ended up getting married. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonah was this huge billionaire, and he lived this billionaire lifestyle. But um, Adam was way more into the laid-back, relaxed lifestyle. Yeah. He still did make a lot of money with the tugboat business, but he didn't... Feel the need to work, work, work. Yeah, and and experience all these luxuries that Jonah, Jonah yeah. was experiencing. Yeah, understandable. So, um, he was just trying his best to be there and support his brother. He didn't want a chandelier for his kid to jump on. Yeah, he yeah. just wanted, he wanted a boat. He wanted a regular ceiling fan. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, He wanted a little plug-in box fan. <laughs> so, they went out for dinner that night, and then Jonah headed back to the hospital, um, and then he went to the Ronald McDonald house to sleep that night. Okay. So, if you guys don't know what that is, it's basically like a hotel kind of thing where families with young children who have to be constantly hospitalized, so children with cancer, um, serious issues, like, like term... Like, make like, a wish. What is that? Like, yeah, kids. basically, like, they... Kids with, like, life-threatening chronic yeah, illnesses. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of, um, it's kind of like a hotel specifically for the family and occasionally the children oh, yeah. so that they feel closer to home that's a it's like something they like i'm pretty sure mcdonald's like made it yeah like for families like and it's it's cool it's decorated like really awesome so um rebecca and adam they went back to the mansion adam he went to the guest house to sleep while rebecca stayed in the main house so from phone records we can see that rebecca has a very long conversation with her sister mary sometime around 8 40 p.m this call was followed by a couple text messages between the two as well as a few short phone calls as well so and these short phone calls lasted about a minute each um rebecca then gets a text from nina asking if she could stop by to discuss the incident rebecca never responded to this but nina later arrives at the mansion Eyewitnesses report that that Nina was there. Nina said she was in fact there that night, but when she knocked on the door, no one answered and all the lights were out, but she did see Rebecca's car in the driveway, so she assumed Rebecca was asleep or was avoiding her or something. Yeah. Yeah. Just couldn't get to the door. So, we also know that Rebecca got a text at 12 a.m. and someone did check it at 12.50 a.m. So, Jonah claims he called Rebecca at 12.30 um, in the morning, but didn't receive an answer, so he left her a message that essentially said, Max's injuries are getting worse, he's probably going to die from these injuries. Police could not retrieve this message, so no one is really sure as to what he did say, but that's basically what he said. He said just he was gist. just checking, checking Rebecca up on what was going on. Yeah. So... Rebecca then wakes up out of the guest house um, at 6.30 in the morning to find Rebecca hanging from the balcony outside. Um, yeah. Escalated quite quickly. Did she kill herself? Or did someone <laughs> well, kill her? that's the question. Oh, it's, so, doesn't, it's not known? God. So, Rebecca's body was bound and gagged, and her feet were... Her feet, like, were bound, so imagine this, her feet Wait, are bound. Wait, she was gagged? Yeah. Okay, then she didn't do it to her. I know. Like, dead giveaway. What the so heck? Her and she feet, was bound. Exactly. Her feet were tied together, and her hand, okay, what? just, just, what? everybody take a moment what to state picture is this? this. Is this California. LA, LAPD? Yes. Oh my god, of course so it's just, LA, oh my god. Just take a moment to think about this, okay? 
So leave it to LAPD, dude. Her feet were tied. They were bound together. Then her hands were bound behind her back. And so she hard. had a gag <laughs> around her mouth. And she was hanging from her neck. So her feet were tied together. Her hands were tied together, bound by the mouth and hanging right, from the wait neck. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got a question. Mm-hmm. How? How did she um? kill herself? How did she kill herself? Exactly. <laughs> Literally. How did, how, did, how did she like, kill herself? <laughs> just we get into that. So <clears throat> Adam then rushed inside and he grabbed a knife and he, he drug a table up and he um, cut placed the table underneath her body to cut her down from the balcony and then he started performing CPR right before calling the police soon after. I think I'm going to try and put this um, police phone call in here if I can. Now an emergency, what are you reporting? Yeah, uh, I, I got a girl hung herself. Okay, sir, is she yeah. still alive? You're alive! Well, the last time we saw her? Last night. Okay, is she beyond help? No, I'm compressing her chest right now. I mean, okay, hold on. So what's, 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 what's your name? Adam Shackner. Okay, listen to me, help is coming right now. Um, there were obviously a few weird things about Adam's 911 call. Um, one of which is that he said, I have a girl, she hung herself from the guest house. Kind of like he's, like, dissociating, like, not dissociating, um, but, like, I know kind of dissociating like, himself from the girl. Like, yeah, like, he's acting like it's just some random person. Like, yes. he knows who this is. I understand he can't say, that's why he can't say, Rebecca me. hung herself, because they don't know who she is, but he could say, my brother's fiance or my brother's girlfriend yeah, hung then, herself. But it's kind of weird, because the operator still asks, like, when's the last time you saw her? So it's kind of, like, sounded like it skipped a couple. Yeah. Like, that specific one that you showed me kind of sounded like it mm-hmm. skipped a few... I did write this, but the more I think about it, I think I would assume the same thing, but he did just automatically assume that she had hung herself, um, but honestly, like we were talking about earlier, um, she was tied up in every way possible. She, she, I mean, how does somebody bound their feet and their hands behind their back, bound their mouth, or gag their mouth, and, you know, hang, like, jump off of a balcony, by and they hang don't. by the neck like that's almost impossible they it would be don't. much easier if you, if you were going to kill yourself you, you just, just wrap the rope it. around your neck bro. <laughs> you just so um <laughs> trigger warning um so <laughs> the investigators did realize that the knots she was tied up with were nautical knots and this is a very common knot used by tugboat workers are you kidding me exactly so rebecca was found completely naked um, now, this does strike up a lot of questions, because who would commit suicide completely but naked. naked, especially a woman? Especially if you're not cutting yourself in the shower. Yeah. Like, the um... That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, and the fact dressed. that... And, like, I just don't think that somebody with Rebecca's character would have hung themselves and just been naked on display for whoever was and the first person to find her. Exactly. Like, it just doesn't make sense. So, not only that, but Rebecca was also on her period at the time, so she's naked, hanging, bound, and she's um, got blood running down Also menstruating. Yeah. Like, that is quite the message, I suppose, that she was trying to send in reality, I don't think anybody's actually would would do that, no. you know? Um, so, police did arrive on the scene, and they immediately got the feeling that, that just something wasn't really right. 
So they launched an investigation and when police walked into the house, they saw on the door to the room where she was hanging from a message written in black paint. It said, she saved him, will you save her? So this is obviously referring to, you know, what happened with Max and Rebecca. She saved him, will you save her? That's so demented. <clears throat> Jonah had said that he felt like he needed to be appreciative toward Rebecca because had she not performed the CPR on Max, he would have died immediately they on the scene. They wouldn't have found a heart. Exactly. Ever. Yeah. Exactly. Like, he would have been dead on the scene. They wouldn't have gotten any moment to... She, like, kept his heart going, essentially. It, I mean, even though he was in a coma and he couldn't, like, talk or anything, like, at least they got those few... Like, they got to really let it sit in before he died. The handwriting was super sloppy, and it was made in, like, block writing, if you know what I mean. So, like, like no, like, curves. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It was just, like, lines. Yeah. Like, straight lines like and angles. Like, as if someone made it with duct tape. This is super strange for someone like Rebecca because she loved painting. Um, there was also blood stains in the hall outside the room where she was found hanging from. Do you think that was her menstrual cycle? It was. They tested it, and it was her period blood. But, um... There was also two knives found, one of which, okay, this is kind of a bit disturbing, guys, so, um, depending, kind of both ways, but more so depending on what you think about what happened to her, so just be prepared for this next part, but there was two knives found, one of which was covered in blood completely around the handle, um, and this indicated to investigators that the knife was put inside of Like, it was, like, it penetrated Rebecca. Like, it was inserted into her. The whole knife? The handle. Just the handle. Okay, I was about to be like, oh my god. (laughs) um, It is believed that she was sexually assaulted with the handle of the knife. However, they believe for some reason that it was her who did it. Like, she literally grabbed a knife from, like, Just they think that she... Just fingerprints on the blade or anything? <laughs> no, no. Of course they didn't. was right about to get into that. Leave they did not, LAPD. they just, like, they just assumed. Like, don't assume anything. But literally. Especially when you can just test it. It's on a blade. It, that's, like, one of the easiest surfaces. It's such a smooth. Exactly. It's like a mirror, baby. And what kind <laughs> of person is going to stick a, like, for one, you gotta hold on to the blade of the knife if to do gonna, it. If you're gonna kill yourself, you're gonna stick the blade up there, not the hand. Now, as we mentioned before, uh, actually, okay, so I did not mention this before. Oh yeah, there was I I kind of got this mixed up, but there was no fingerprints found on the knife that had all the blood on it. So I was wrong. There wasn't any fingerprints on that. However, there was a fingerprint on the second bigger knife. Yeah, and like I mentioned, oh no, I didn't even mention that, bro. I'm sorry. It's been a minute since I read this part. Um. The fingerprint was Rebecca's. So on the other knife. N- yes, on the other knife. The one that was wasn't Rebecca's, bloody. The one that was not bloody. Ugh. There was um one of Rebecca's fingerprints. So along with Rebecca's fingerprints, two different sets of DNA were found on the knife, but there wasn't enough to test accurately. So um the red ski towing rope that tied Rebecca you know, bound her. It only had Rebecca's DNA on it, and the blood splatter was proven to be Rebecca's. So, there was also toe impressions on the balcony, so honestly, I don't know how they really did this, but they were able to see kind of where her footprint was, and there was the impressions of her toes on the balcony, and the police later stated that the footprint was from another police officer. 
However, the toe prints are believed to be from when she hopped over the balcony. The balcony door handle was found to have no fingerprints whatsoever. So, whoever did it, like, she obviously had to... Have let them in. Had... Exactly. Just... No, well, like, the balcony door. Like, she had to have... Somebody had to have opened the balcony door to hang her from it. Yeah. So, there was nothing which indicates that it was wiped clean afterwards. So, even if she had worn a glove or something, there was no clothes, no nothing like that on, out on the balcony yeah, in the yard. Yeah, so, body. So, she couldn't have wore a glove, opened the door, and then tossed it. Like, they would have found it. There was nothing yeah. found like that. So, it was wiped clean, and they know that. But to make the clean handles look even more suspicious, there was actually... <laughs> Yeah, so to make that even look more suspicious, there was two pairs of gloves found on the scene, one of which was a pair of gardening gloves on the counter and a pair of black latex um, gloves in the crawl space. So police claims that the gla- or claimed that the gloves were tested and the gardening gloves had two sets of DNA, but insufficient results showed up yet again. So there's just not enough DNA. I know. This is a I can't. um, They did test Rebecca, and um, none of Adam's DNA was found on her or around her, despite him claiming to have done CPR on her. So, basically, he was sitting there on that phone call the entire time being like, I'm I'm giving her mouth-to-mouth. I'm, you know, I'm performing CPR. I'm pumping her chest. All this stuff. He didn't even touch her. He did not even touch her. He left her there. He was letting her die. I mean, well, she was probably already dead, but you know what I mean? Like, he was just leaving her there, pretending like he was doing CPR on her. And they know he didn't because there was no DNA found on her. At all. Which kind of makes sense because if Adam did it, he wouldn't want... I mean, actually, it kind of doesn't make sense because you would think that if he did murder her and he knew that his DNA was going to be on her, he would have pretended like he did CPR. And then if they found his DNA on her, he could have been like, I did CPR. Like, That's at least why it was spit there. in her mouth or something. Like, something, bro. <laughs> so, <clears throat> they... <laughs> so, um, there uh, wasn't even DNA on the knife that he had cut her down with. So, that's really weird. So, the knife that he literally used to chop her body down didn't have any DNA on it. Or his fingerprints or Mm -mm. anything. What? So. What? The investigation also found some notes on her phone that left them wondering about her mental state at the time. One of which said, I find myself not being able to sleep for the first time in my entire life. Now, when I close my eyes, my mind begins to race thinking and brewing over many situations and trying to come up with a solution of some sort. Another note wrote, if I'm not thinking, I'm crying. And then another said, no amount of money is worth what I'm going through. (laughs) Other than these notes, Rebecca had no history of any sort of mental health issues or suicidal thoughts, but yet her death was still ruled a suicide. What? I don't know what to make of those notes. It definitely does put a bit of insight into her life because she's saying no amount of money is worth this. So, clearly Jonah is pampering her, paying her, spoiling her in some sort of way. And she he isn't giving her a little paycheck. Like, yeah, like he's basically giving her money for her services of whatever kind. And she's saying it isn't worth what she's going through, but what is it she's going through? Could that be referring to the hatred from his older children or something else a bit more mysterious? Yeah. Like abuse. So, um, 
Rebecca's family believed that there was absolutely no way she would ever commit suicide. Um, for one, she was Christian, and not only that, but her sister said that they had a completely normal conversation that night, and nothing seemed off at all. So, they also agreed that she would never have disgraced herself like that publicly by displaying herself nude Naked, and on yeah. her period. So, investigators believe that she would have had... <clears throat> this is kind of going to get into how she would have done it. So, the investigators believe she would have had to tie her hands in front of her. Okay. And then she would have had to remove another hand and put it behind her to get the end of the rope that she was tied to. It seems a bit obvious that this is not suicide. As we said before, if she was going to hang herself, she would have wrapped the, the, the rope around her neck and jumped off the building. She wouldn't, I mean, t- what would have been the purpose She wouldn't have of, put herself on display. Exactly. She just would have killed herself. And what would have been the purpose of tying your feet and hands together? Like, jumping off a balcony is going to be ten times harder when you're Bound. flopping around like... A fish, yeah. So... It was, it would have made no sense. Like, there was no purpose for Rebecca to have done that. And mm-hmm. gag herself, like. That, that's just extra. They hired a forensic pathologist and a private investigator to help them discover the truth behind Rebecca's death. They is in Rebecca's family. So, um, they had her body exhumed and examined and things found, or things that they found, um, only solidified the family's beliefs more. So, this is stuff that was not mentioned before her uh, burial. Autopsy. Like exactly, things were these things were not mentioned whatsoever in during her the investigation. Exactly. So Rebecca had blunt force trauma to her head in four different spots. Um, the examiner believes the item that was used to cause these injuries was more than likely a fist or some other sort of round, hard object that didn't break through the skin but was hard enough to leave bruises underneath her scalp. So like bruising to the bone and stuff. Right? Yeah, so essentially they think that he could have beat her after she got out of the shower, which would explain why she was naked and why um blood was found near the shower. So Rebecca's neck was not actually broken and no damage to her vertebrae was found near her neck. So, this is weird because when people commit suicide by hanging, they have to jump off of something or, you know, there's obviously a pull of your weight on your neck. Yeah. So, um, they, they die, um, often not by asphyxiation. But by breaking neck. By breaking their neck during the fall. So, the fact that she fell nine feet from a balcony with all of her body weight and force and the gravity pushing her she didn't break her neck she did not break her neck didn't have any lesions anything like that on her but did she die from asphyxiation um i'm not quite sure the the examiner even went as far as to claim that with the fall from that magnitude and you know that so basically that height and with her body weight combined and gravity and whatnot yeah that he wouldn't even be surprised if the fall would have decapitated her or internally decapitated her and by this it means um breaking it means that like severing all severing yeah basically severing everything yeah so basically breaking like every sort of connection there without completely breaking the skin so either so basically he believes it would have basically cut her head off from that from the that magnitude physically somehow exactly so 
the examiner believes that she did die from strangulation, so asphyxiation of some sort. Another really weird thing is that the noose was tied around her hair. I don't know if that makes sense, but essentially what it is, is imagine you got a noose and you put it over your head. She didn't take her hair as most people do, or as most women do, and lift it around, like, the rope, put lift your shirt, it around lift the it rope. around the rope. Like, most women, when you put on a shirt or you put on a necklace, you lift your hair out from around it because it's uncomfortable. It's more of an instinct now rather than just something you remember to do. Like, because very it's few people. Exactly. Like, you, it's just you something just you do. do. It. You just do. It's secondhand nature. Yeah. <coughs> Second nature. Second nature. Exactly. Like, it's just something you're used to doing. Her legs were bent and they weren't hanging straight at all. Which is a sign that she was more than likely already dead before she even hung herself. Rigor mortis. Um, This could have been because she was already going through rigor mortis. So, not only that, but her lividity was on her back, which doesn't make sense at all because had she died from hanging, the lividity would have been prominent in the lower parts of her body. If you don't know what lividity is, it's if you die in a certain position. So, say, I die laying on my back right so I die I'm laying on my back all of my blood is going to flow towards my back area it's going to flow from the top of my body or like the upper part of my body to the back part of my body um and that's honestly lividity is used a lot when it comes to different um you know investigations it's a very common way that investigators determine which position a body was killed in um So, like I said before, it's essentially detected when your blood pools to one side or portion of your body after death. Since her lividity was found on her back, that indicates that she was... Dead on her back. That she was, um, that she was laid on her back for quite some time after her death. So, so she was on her back. Even if she didn't, like, die and fall back, she was laying on her back for a little while before she actually... Died. Well, she was dead, but before she was hung. Yeah. Yeah. So. Can't they tell how long she was dead, like, by the hour? Well, they can on the scene, but since she'd already been buried and everything, not at this point. Um, (laughs) So, not only this, but Rebecca. That's, like, something people need to figure out immediately. That's, like, the first thing. Identifying when the person, when, when. Don't just assume things. Time frame, so you can question people. People. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, LAPD! Seriously. Stop! So, (laughs) Rebecca was only 26 inches from the ground. So, this is two feet. This is, like, from the floor to your knee, practically. Yeah. So, she was only 26 inches from the ground. So, this is super weird because Adam told police that he had to pull up a table and stand on it in order to cut her down. So, she was not very tall at all. Like, the fact that he would have sort of wasted time in a way. To get by, a whole table. To drag a whole table out. When he could have just grabbed when a chair. He could have, <laughs> or, or when he could have just reached up and cut her down. Well, yeah, that maybe even but if like, that wasn't an option. I'm just saying like Yeah, chair. like There's it would have been so much simpler. So, they think that's a bit weird. so many things you and could then, just grab and <clears> step on. So, there was also a pair of women's underwear found in the guest house trash which was never tested by police 
Um, and this was because Jonah claimed that they were his daughters who were staying with them for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. So he was like, oh, no, those are my daughters. And they just took his word for it. Which I understand. How do you know your daughter's But, like, look Jesus. Like? And, and it's his older daughter, too. Like, yeah. his teenage daughters. Yeah, you don't know what her panties look like. Don't be like that. And, um, so... Like, it just seems so stupid to me that this everybody story, is just, like, taking their word for everything. This story is just kind of revolting. I'm not going exactly. to <laughs> So, <clears throat> upon Jonah telling Dina that Rebecca had killed herself, Dina asked why she would do something like that, and Jonah replied, okay, be prepared. Um, this is very offensive, but, so Dina asked him why she would kill herself, and Jonah replied by taking his fist and pretending to stab himself in the stomach while saying Asian honor. So. Oh my, are you <clears throat> kidding? That's. This, this is Jonah who said that. that is, the guy who's been with her for three years. That is racist. Exactly. So, after the investigation and Rebecca's death being ruled a suicide, Jonah, 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 <laughs> Jonah requests for police to reopen Rebecca's case, but the request was unfortunately denied. However, if Jonah, Mr. Six Million Dollars a Year, was paying somebody off, or had a few connections inside. Private investigator. He, it would have been so easy There's for so him to cover multiple things up. So, in May of 2013, Rebecca's family sued and requested for her case to be reopened, but of course it was denied again. And then in June of 2013, they filed a wrongful death lawsuit against Adam, Dina, and Nina, but the trial didn't go till 2018. But, unfortunately, by this time, both the sisters had been ruled out, so it was just Adam standing trial. So, Adam brought in all the evidence with him, and even a life-size mannequin, which was modeled exactly after Rebecca, and reenacted the entire scene. So, the jury did find Adam guilty, and he was ordered to pay $5.2 million to Rebecca's family, which his insurance only settled that at 600000 So, rather than $5.2 million, which they sued for and got, he was only made to pay 600000 So, um, this still, despite that, it still upset Adam. Who so, he is, was found guilty. Yes, of wrongful death. What does that mean? So, basically, they're saying he didn't kill her, but he could have helped her. And he didn't, essentially. So, despite all of this evidence, every bit of coverage that has occurred over this case, um, Adam is still claiming his innocence to this very day. Rebecca's, um, this is also just something that I found, but Rebecca's family's attorney also noticed that in one of the crime scene photos, Rebecca's purse was, um, laid open and everything was straight out on the floor and then there was Dr. Pepper laying next to it. So this is weird because Adam drank a Dr. Pepper every single day while on trial. So that's pretty weird and obviously a dead giveaway but um, one of the biggest theories is essentially that um, well, not the biggest series, but just kind of like a spin-off theory. Like, if you don't think Adam did it, if you don't think Rebecca did it, some people kind of think, which I don't really think this, but some people think that maybe there was somebody else living in the house. Like, somebody secretly living in the house. This house is huge. 27 rooms, and there's only three people in it. Okay. Rebecca, Zena, and Max. And 
nobody's watching and Max gets thrown off the balcony and dead. And then Rebecca gets hung from a building. So, I mean, I get it. It is a bit far-fetched. But, I mean, I guess it's always a possibility. But, um, yeah. So, that's everything I got on Rebecca Zahal. So, I honestly want to know what y'all think. That was a really I good really one. Liked I really liked it. I liked that one. But, um, I want to know what you guys think. I personally think that Adam killed her. And that Dina was in know. on it. Dina was in on it. Even if the Dina and Nina sisters weren't quite in on it like they, they knew, knew what was eventually. happening they knew the, what they happened. knew what happened even if they didn't know in the moment but it is kind of weird that nina was texting her that night saying we need to discuss what happened to max and showed up to the house and then just left knowing that her car was there when nobody was answering the door like why didn't she yeah. try calling why didn't she blow up rebecca's phone i don't know if nobody else is like this but if i were to go all the way to somebody's home to see them to see them and they didn't answer i would have been blowing up especially their phone. for an important i would have went to the back of the house knocked on the back of the house like knock on the bedroom window like do exactly like she just knocked on the door realized that all the lights were out and left which i guess to each their own but, <laughs> to each their own <laughs> but like jesus <laughs> I think that Adam and Jonah did it because Jonah was very spiteful that Max had died in Rebecca's care. And yes, I understand. Rebecca should have been watching Max in the moment, but you can't keep an eye on a six-year-old every single second of the day. Especially in a house. It could have happened to anybody. Especially in a house that big. You can't have a house with 27 rooms and be able to know where your kid's at at all times. I mean, like that, this is something that parents worry about every this is something that's extremely it isn't common but it is a common fear like this could have been anybody it was not Rebecca's fault she should have been watching him yes because technically she was supposed to be watching him but you can't do anything about that she had to go pee yeah she like like, sometimes we get small bladders and we just gotta go (laughs) exactly so yeah I definitely think Adam and Jonah teamed up too I think that's the whole reason why Adam came Jonah probably heard about it called Adam up said hey tugboat brother the the rough edge brother I need you to come I need your nautica kill her not nautica ties and like come on the nautical ties nautical like did that not just give it away like how would Rebecca somebody who's from Arizona know how to tie a nautical knot couldn't tell and when you have somebody who was there on the scene that night who's a literal tugboat worker what makes you not assume that it was him (laughs) lapd like i just can't even comprehend it like it is so obvious that he murdered her i know that i'm definitely gonna have a better story next time (laughs) your story definitely kicked my story's butt i worked on it for quite a while very good story today I, I liked it. I'm going to have to. Um, I'm gonna I got have... really into it. Okay, guys. So, I hope you guys enjoyed. Follow us on Instagram at The Grim Session. Wait, wait, wait. No, no. At Grim Sessions Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a minute. Since I don't know our Instagram. <laughs> but, hey, I just checked the other day and we're at 29 followers. No way. So, we're almost at 30. So, Milestone. you guys should listen. Yes. But, um... Definitely, if you guys are interested in our podcast at all, go onto our Instagram, DM us any sort of stories or anything like that you guys may have. Or if you guys want to do like case suggestions or y'all have something you want to, please do case you want us to cover, go ahead because we have, well, I was about to say we have all the time in the world. We don't. No, we we don't. don't. But we'll, 
we'll try our best we'll definitely look into it it might not be out next week it might not be out next month but it'll be out out. (laughs) we'll definitely look at it it'll be so oh and you can count on that and um yeah so this was fun um i enjoyed it i liked your story a lot i liked it too i liked yours though too it was mine sometimes listening to stories that are always hour and a half long stories it gets to the point where it's like jesus like it's just non-stop but hearing a story that's quick. really quick, simple. You get the whole case. It's like, wow. I feel like I know everything about it. I'm going to so. do an extravagant case next time. I'm excited. So, I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you all have an awesome day, week, month, year. Whenever is the next time we see you. <laughs> I hope you guys are having a good Mercury retrograde. Jupiter is about to go into retrograde, which is supposed to bring in a lot of abundance for everyone. So. Um, but look out for the full moon in Capricorn. Emotional overdrive. Me? Full moon in Capricorn on the 24th. I said, me? Watch out for me? But it's supposed supposed to push everyone to an emotional overdrive. But if you're looking to manifest abundance, best time to do it. Mm -hmm. Love our Capricorns. All right. Well, see y'all later. Bye. Bye.